is Adam Boquist the next staple defenseman for Columbus? Can Marcus Bjork snowball some good film into more playing time with Columbus? That's our conversation today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Your Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Hayden Househorn. With me is my co-host, Jay Foster. We're here to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of your favorite team and ours, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get going, we want to thank you for making this your first listen every day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms, YouTube, and the SiriusXM app. This episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get going on that. That's a fun time. It's a joint season review for 22-year-old Swedish defenseman Adam Boquist and his countryman, 25-year-old Marcus Bjork. The two of them combined, actually, they played about 79 total games combined. Adam Boquist played 46 for the CBJ this year. We'll start with him, Jay. And as I as we get to that greater question on whether Adam Boquist can be the next staple defenseman for Columbus, we, we got to answer some small questions along the way. And the first one being, do you like the guy? Like what you've seen of him so far in Columbus. Are you, are you pleased with what you've seen out of Adam Boquist? Because I can tell you from my point of view, um, I've been a little hard on him from time to time. But after going through and watching about, I don't know, about 30 shifts of him this past season, I watched about 30 shifts last night. I'm feeling a little bit better. But how do you feel about Adam Boquist? I feel pretty good about Adam Boquist. The thing about Boquist that people have to remember is he is an offensive defenseman. He is Zach Wierenski on speed. You know, he is not going to be that two-way guy that you can trust absolutely in his own zone. That being said, I see a lot of people calling him, for example, uh, I saw one guy call him a power play merchant, which I don't necessarily disagree with, but I see a lot of people being like, well... He's only offensive. He can't play defense. He kills us defensively, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then I went and looked into it. Um, Anna Boquist had some of the best possession metrics on the team this past season. So I don't know where they're getting this from. I don't know if it's just like, well, if he's so good offensively, he must be bad defensively. Like he's, he's not, you know, going to win the Norris about it but he does fine in his own zone um i think what it is i think it's probably a combination of like confirmation bias you know you're looking for it so you see when he screws up in his own zone um i think probably it's that he's still very young uh he's what 22 23 he is 22 22 years old you know there's 23 next month um he was 21 when he started with the blue jackets defensemen need some time to bake defensemen need some time to finish developing and i think it's a whole combination of things but yeah the, the short answer to your question is i like adabokus a lot which is why i think his future is probably not on this team unfortunately yeah i think you know former first round pick for the blue jackets to get 
him and Jake Bean out of the Seth Jones trade. We just talked about this in five yeah, seconds. So I want to just remind it. everyone what that Seth Jones trade turned into, yeah. by the way. Um, so the Seth Jones trade was at a Boquist. Uh, it was a first round pick that season. Uh, it was a second round pick in that season. And then it was, um, they flipped first round picks as well. So the Blue Jackets ended up with uh, the 12th, the 12th overall pick, which they took Cole Sillinger. They took the sixth overall pick the season after that in David. Ken Johnson, right? Oh, your chick. Yeah. Um, yes. And then they flipped that second round pick for Jake Bean, who's another former first rounder that we just talked about um, last week. So essentially the Blue Jackets got four first rounders for Seth Jones. Um, I feel pretty good about that. I feel so, great about that. Yeah. Um, that's like, this is the thing. Even if Adam Boquist doesn't work out with the Blue Jackets, this trade still feels like a win, you know? Um but that, 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 I don't know. I I would love for Boquist to work out in Columbus. The way they're building the defense right now makes me think that maybe he's not going to work out in Columbus. Um, I think of the we've talked about it a lot. Those three defensemen that are good enough to be in the NHL um, and maybe don't have room. Uh, the Blue Jackets realistically only have space for two, maybe even one of Boquist, Bean, and Peak. Boquist to me has the highest value. Right now, I'm followed by Andrew Peake because GMs and coaches love the kind of hockey that he plays um, way more than your average Blue Jackets podcaster. I think um, I feel like they could probably get a they could get a, a decent amount for Adam Boquist. He's young. Uh, he is, uh, I believe, is a again. Take a drink every time I want to pull something up and realize I don't have the tab for it open anymore. Um, he is a an RFA next season. I believe, where is his thing? Uh, no, he's got two years left. So he's an RFA after next season. So in the 2025 20, um, off season. So he's under That's team awesome. control. He, in my mind, 2.6 million is a very reasonable cap it. Um, but the question a lot of people are going to ask about a Boquist is, can he stay healthy? It's exactly the same question that was asked about Ryan Murray, another Blue Jackets defenseman that I loved and I thought had real potential. Um, and I'm going to maintain that Adam Boquist, Adam, buddy, you got to change that jersey number. <laughs> there's, some, there's some stink on that number 27. And I don't know what it is, but like Ryan Murray had it. And then and now you've got it. Like you got to do something about that 27, my guy. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You do. Let's get into the season review part, looking at what he did with 46 games this past year. Jay, you, you absolutely hit it on the head. Some people think he's bad at defense, and it's because of how good he is at offense sometimes can lead to a defensive mistake in the sense that he's he can cause a, a big-time turnover based off like it. Just Sometimes his body moves too fast for his brain, and you can blame that on just he's just so young. Kent Johnson has a lot of those plays too where he just he, – he just – he does too much and then a turnover happens and boom, it's in the back of our net. It felt like that happened a couple times last year with Adam Boquest backbreaking goals. But at the same time, Jay, when this guy, when the team is moving up on offense, like I'm talking Johnny Gaudreau, Patrick Line, Kent Johnson, someone skating it into the zone. 
Boquest is not far behind with mm-hmm. speed. He knows how to get open. He knows how to play guys open too. So his offensive potential is is very high. Yeah, he is, he the, is the best offensive defenseman that the Blue Jackets have. And it's not particularly close. You know, I know Zach Wierenski was that guy for a while. I think his offensive ceiling is higher than Wierenski's. Um, I just think Wierenski is an all-around better defenseman in terms of his offense is very good and his defense is way better than, than Boquist. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I had something to say and I've completely forgotten what it was, so it mustn't have been very important. But I was just going to say his penalty minutes this past year – I mean, my gosh, this guy was squeaky clean. This guy was <laughs> never in the box. This guy doesn't even know where the penalty box is at. If you took him out on the rink, hey, Adam, where's the penalty box? He'd be like, I don't know. No, um, which I think is also what bothers people um, with Boquist. I know he's I was not getting dirty. About, yeah. What was it? Oh, I was talking about because Bo- Boone Jenner gets hurt a lot. Boone Jenner, I believe, has some kind of degenerative back condition, and he has missed a lot of time over the past, you know, 10 years of being a blue jacket or whatever. And I was like, why does Adam Boquist get labeled as injury prone and made of glass when Boone Jenner also misses a ton of time? Um, and someone responded and they're like, well, it's the way that they play. Boone Jenner is out there kind of crashing and banging around. Um, Adam Boquist doesn't really throw a lot of hits. Um, I'll try and f- pull up the the stats for his... Um, hitting versus getting hit, but he doesn't crash and bang. He doesn't play like a defenseman, you know? And I think that's what bothers people is, I think, like you look at Blankenberg, who again is a an offensive guy. He will throw down if he has to, you know? Boquist just doesn't, he just doesn't do that. Um, I think that's what bothers people about Boquist as well, um, which is not really his fault because I think the way the league is trending... Personally, I would much rather have all of my guys on the ice than in the box, you know? And I understand that crashing and banging around is not the same as taking a bunch of bad penalties, but I don't know. If you're hitting someone, you don't have the puck. That's what it comes down to. You know, there was a a really great interview. This was way, way back when I was first kind of getting into hockey, and someone asked, um, it was the the, the heyday Blackhawks. So like 2013, 2014, maybe. And someone asked Patrick Kane, you know, why do the Blackhawks, why are the Blackhawks so good? And yet they're at the bottom of the league in hits every year. They're just not throwing any hits. And he was like, well, if you have the puck, you're not going to hit someone. You know, if you're throwing hit, that means you don't have the puck. So if you have the puck all the time, then of course you're not going to be throwing hits, you know? So that's kind of what I, I think that's, that's what bothers people is that he doesn't throw enough hits, but he has the puck a lot, man. He doesn't need to throw hits. Um, I'm. I found the numbers uh, this season. Uh, he hit people twenty-one times and was hit forty-two times. So it's not great. Um, he does get hit a lot more often than he hits someone. But I also, I don't know. I I don't value hits the same way as a lot of people. I think. I don't necessarily value hits too much. I mean, I, hits can certainly make me feel better about you as a hockey player, but I'm not looking at someone's hit category and being like, that needs to be up. Now, that being said, I do think from time to time, Boquist could play a little dirtier. I'd like to see him have a little bit more 
bite to him on defense. Now, I actually think he plays great on defense. I actually think the way that the same speed that he has joining up on the rush with our forwards, he has the same speed getting back to cover for guys. And I'd actually really like to parlay his defensive topic into that bigger question on whether we believe he can be a staple defenseman for Columbus in the future. And I promise we're going to do that in just a minute. First, I want to tell you guys about America's number one sports book. That is FanDuel. Take your take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball with FanDuel. You get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200 in bonus bets. That's just bonus bets. It's free money, win or lose. That's $200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line to an over-under, over-under on pitches, over-under on hits. You can bet on who's going to hit the first home run in the game, all on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official betting partner of Major League Baseball. All right, we're doing Adam Boquist season review. So we'll save his grade for maybe the last segment. But I'd like to talk about the greater question. And this is before we still got to do Marcus Bjork, by the way, which depending on how much time we have, we might have to just skip because Adam Boquist is a lightning rod topic, I think. Deservingly so. But let me start with you, Jay. Do you think Adam Boquist has a future with Columbus? Or do you do you see him being trade bait this upcoming year? I think he should be part of the the story in Columbus. I don't think he will be. Um, It's just, again, it's just a numbers game. You know, the Blue Jackets have so many defensemen and they're going to have to do something about that. And, you know, do they leave David Juracek in Cleveland for another year? I don't think that, I think that helps Cleveland massively. I don't think that helps Juracek. He's shown this season that he is NHL ready. He is, you know, he's ready to take that step. Um, yes, he doesn't um, doesn't need waivers to go down. So that's a spot, uh, you know, a mark in his favor against him about him being in Cleveland. Same thing with Blankenberg. Um, I also think Blankenberg should be in the NHL. Um, am I biased because I love him? Probably, but there's just there's so many defensemen. And there's two free spots, you know, like, again, uh, let me just pull up the, the list of defense. So we have two free spots. There is whoever's going to be playing with Zakarensky, which I don't think that should be out of Boquist. I just don't. I don't think they they mesh very well. Um, and there's whoever's going to play with Eric Gabranson. And of those of those two spots, we've got Andrew Peake, Ada Boquist, Nick Blankenberg, Tim Bernie, who's probably going to be in Cleveland, uh, Jake Bean, who's again, kind of up in the air in terms of whether he's going to be here or there or wherever, you know? There's David Juracek, there's Marcus Bjork, who we're going to talk about in a minute, there's Jake Christensen, who we talked about last week, you know? There's so many defensemen, and I just, I don't know. In, in my opinion, you trade Boquist, and you keep Bean and Peak. Um... 
we've seen this year, defensive depth is important. You know? Um, Boquist, I think, has the highest value. I think you can get the most back from him. And that sucks, because I would love to see him on this team. You know? In my mind, he was he, he was going to be on that second pairing of defensemen this season with maybe Jake Bean, maybe Andrew Peak, maybe someone else entirely, you know? Um, but I don't, he's not a third pairing defenseman, so they shouldn't put him with Gabranson. Also, that feels like a disaster waiting to happen. Um, one guy who is extremely offensively minded and the other guy who is extremely defensively minded, but not great at it feels like a recipe for disaster. Um, we're going to talk about Gabranson tomorrow, but that's, that's a whole other conversation. So where does, where does he, he doesn't fit into this, the team as it's built right now. I don't think, I think what will happen is he'll probably start the season on Wierenski's uh, pairing. I don't know that he should stay there. I don't know that he will stay there, but I, I don't know, man. It's, I feel like I've been speculating on what this defense core is going to be for like two months now. And we still have six weeks until training camp. You know, there's just, there's so many moving pieces. Yama's been suspiciously quiet for the past. Month. Yeah, this has been weird, right? Um, Why? This has been weird, Yarmo. You're you're not making any moves. Are you all right? Somebody should check on Yarmo. He's, on, he's, on, okay. he's in a theme park in Finland, last I saw. So, you know, <laughs> he's he's on vacation. He's allowed to do that. But I am getting kind of twitchy that we haven't, the, the Blue Jackets haven't done anything in literally a, cal- literally a month. The last things they did were on July 1st, and it was Adam Fantilli's ELC and announcing Mike Babcock officially. So... I did see that photo of Yarmo on a roller coaster. Just looked like he was having no fun. No fun. The only fun Yarmo has is when the cannons fire in. So yes. let's hopefully, hopefully we get some more of that. But just to answer the question I just proposed on whether I think Boquist can be the next staple defenseman for Columbus. No question in my mind. Can this guy be a staple defenseman either here or anywhere? I mean, he absolutely can be. He's a top four defenseman through and through. Like, I I see that in him. The way that he plays on the ice is just so, so smooth. And sometimes that can make the mistakes seem egregious. But to be honest, he doesn't have a lot of mistakes. He doesn't have a lot of mistakes. He I will say. I will say. That was what I was going to say earlier and forgot, actually. So thank you for reminding me that in in a roundabout way. What I have noticed about Boquist is that when he screws up, it's big. Mm-hmm. You know, like he just has an absolute nightmare shift. And then he has like 10 good shifts in a row, 20 good shifts in a row. You know, doesn't make another mistake at that game. But when he does make a mistake, it is just like his brain completely blue screens, you know? And I think, again, that's that's what people remember, you know? They remember the screw-ups. They don't remember the 10 little things that he did right before that. They don't remember the 10 little things he did right after that. It's the big screw-ups that maybe lead to a goal, maybe lead to a, a game-winning goal, for example. Um, and that's kind of what people people remember because, again, people love this concept of clutch and the opposite. I don't know what the opposite of being clutch is. Um, a choker. Just being a, yeah, just choke you know, city. What, um, I don't know what, yeah, what what is unclutch? Uh, you know, and like, yeah, I have to have a conversation <laughs> about what clutch actually means because I don't think it exists. But you know, it's um, unclutch. John Tortorello saying we'd be back for Game Seven in Boston that one year. We need to. He did that twice, actually, two playoff series in a row. John Tortorello guaranteed a Game Seven, and that went out mm-hmm. the way. So 
towards not clutch on your part, but um, I think Boquist is smooth, man. I think he he knows how to make that extra pass on, on the power play before, like he knows where to pass it before the puck's even on his stick. And I just think that's a a tall tale sign of a a player that's wise beyond his age. I think he's a good communicator on the ice too. You constantly see him pointing to guys, get over there, like I somebody cover that guy. That's also the sign of a a defenseman mature beyond his years. I think this is, I think it would be very devastating for the Blue Jackets to give him up and not get a lot back. That being said, I do have quite a bit of homework for him at the same time too. So I think he has a lot of upside, but I have some homework for him. And before we do some homework for him, we got to get to our other Swede here, Marcus Bjork. And we're going to do that in just a moment. Okay, welcome back to Locked On Blue Jackets. We are doing our season reviews for Adam Boquist, and now we're going to transition here and do our season review for Marcus Bjork, who logged, I believe, 33 games this year with Columbus, had three goals and a couple assists. I want to say something like nine assists, but he had three goals. And I got to tell you, Jay, the th- the at least two of the goals he scored were awesome, just rippers from you know the point which i just think are the best way to score goals as a defenseman and i i believe it was he had his nhl his first ever nhl game this year and scored a goal in that so i was really impressed what i saw at marcus bjork now granted I, I don't think he has anywhere near top four potential even on a bad nhl team but in a on a team that is constantly looking for that next Scott Harrington, that role that we have been saying, you know, Jake Bean, Billy Sweezy, gosh, who are some of the other defensemen we've ranked? Uh, any one of these guys, any one of these defensemen we've done here recently, we're looking for that guy that can just be a plug when we need him to be. Marcus Bjork could be that. Uh, I don't know. What do, what do you see out of Good old number 47 from this past I, year. I liked his, his um, technically I guess it was his rookie season. Um, he was a guy that kind of came out of nowhere. I assumed he was a depth dra- draft pick for back in the day. Nope. Jabo just picked him out of Sweden and brought him over to the NHL at the age of like 24, which does kind of rule. Um, Marcus Bjork is a guy that took the opportunity that he had this season with so many injured Blue Jackets defensemen and ran with it. Um, I thought he was... For, for considering, again, an undrafted guy playing his first season in North America, I thought he was fantastic. Um, he likely will not get a look this season um, because, again, I feel like he's probably nine or ten defensemen down in the depth chart. He's going to be really good for Cleveland. And, yeah, like you said, maybe he is that guy that they call up and and sent down. Um, I don't know what his waivers situation is like but he's he's a guy that like you said it's good to have in in your back pocket and he's no longer waivers exempt i don't think so that probably uh that puts a little bit of a of a dent in that um i assume he will spend most of his time in in cleveland um which is a shame because i liked his his game a lot yeah, I think he I think his 
offense is sneaky good. I mean, he had he he's got, in my opinion, I mean, I think he's got a better slap shot than Adam Boquist. Like just comparing these guys side by side, Mar- Marcus Bjork has a hard slap shot, which I think is very useful. Um, even on an NHL team, which even in a playoff run, you know, that could be helpful. He could he could maybe serve as a fourth deep hair guy that comes in every now and then maybe when the top line power plays tired or second line power plays tired maybe he gets some time you know in the playoffs you kind of need these guys to show up and do some stuff if you want to win a stanley cup and ultimately that's the goal right and no i'm not saying marcus bjork is the piece that we need but i'm just saying a guy that can come in a game and score a goal um fresh off driving down 71 is really, really impressive to me and I think deserves a look. And honestly, maybe if he had a different number than the number 47, maybe he would get a look. But for some reason, um, you're absolutely right. It's a log jam at that position for him, which is tough. And honestly, there were a couple times this year where I thought he looked pretty bad on defense too, like times where he had bad turnovers in front of the goalie. Um, But at the same – that being said too – his offense still shines for me, even when his in his pass game. Like he can he can hit that home run pass up to the forward, which I know a lot of def- great defensemen can do, and a lot of defensemen should be able to do. But you know he looks solid out there. He doesn't look like totally uncomfortable, but definitely a guy that could still use some work in Cleveland. Um, it's grade time. Let's let's give these guys some grades here on this past year. Uh, do you want to start with Boquist? I'll let you start with Boquist. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm going to give Boquist a B. Um, I just, I, again, his potential is just through the roof for me. Um, I like his game a lot, and I think as as solid as the D looks now with, you know, the addition of Provison, which I'm just going to roll with, that's what we're saying now. Um, <laughs> Provison's two guys, for those who are new yeah. here, by the way. <laughs> I've approved Rob and Davis Everson kind of coming on the scene. The defense is a lot more stable. Um, unfortunately, I think that's that's pushed Adam Boquist. He's kind of on the outside looking in. So it's tough. Uh, so I'm going to give him a B. I think he had a, I think he had a really good season. Uh, the, the little that he did play, what was it, 40-something games? 46 games he played, so just over half a season. Um, if he can stay healthy, I think he could be a real difference maker, just not on Columbus. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, that's a situation which how can we be talking about a single player on the Blue Jackets that could get time anywhere else on, on any other team and yet we're not playing him? It's just because that's how much work Yarmo has done in the offseason getting Provison in here and and uh, beefing up that that position. But for me, I'm giving Adam Boquest similar grade. I'm going B minus for him and. Honestly, I would have given him a B. I would have given him a B plus to an A if he would have played the full season. I know he can't hurt. I, attendance is a thing, and I hate to punish guys because of that, but availability is the best ability, and he was unavailable for a time. That being said, January through February, the the late or at the end of January to early February, there was about a nine-game stretch there where he had like seven of his points. He was really on fire, and he really was – what I saw as a top four NHL defenseman coming to fruition, and he's only 22 years old. You just said the Blue Jackets have two more seasons of him before he becomes a restricted free agent. 
I just would be sick to my stomach if the Blue Jackets traded him away and didn't get at least a first-round pick back for him, which, to be honest, I don't know if that's likely because we know these teams at the deadline don't like to give up first-round picks a lot of times to get these kind of um, guys that are just helping their depth, which I think Adam Boquist would really do. He'd help the depth on a Stanley Cup-winning team. I want him on this team, though. I want him on this team. Um, my homework for him is going to be get dirty, man. Get dirty. Like game one this past year. Game one this past year against the Carolina Hurricanes. There was a shift in there where he could have just just take a penalty, man. Just do something. Like just play with a little bit more bite from time to time. Don't go crazy, but you're you're too clean, Adam. You're too clean. I need you to get just a little more feisty from time to time. And that being said, that might be terrible advice because also staying away from the penalty box is a very good thing on your mark, Adam. But yeah, just get a little bit more feisty is all I need. Get a little bit more disruptive, as we say for a lot of guys. All right, I'll do Marcus Bjork here, give him his grade and his homework, and then give it back to you. For Marcus Bjork, I'm just I'm going to stick with a, a B- minus as well. I'm going to give him a B-. minus. I think... What he did in Cleveland was really good. I think coming up to Columbus, he certainly made an impression. But uh, he did look like an AHLer from time to time. He did look like he belongs in the AHL. Now, he's only 25, so maybe he does go back to the AHL this year, clean some things up, and then we see him in a Blue Jackets jersey. And he does. He brings out that patented one-timer that I think is so, so sweet and can be so, so dangerous. Uh, a lot more dangerous than anything Scott Harrington ever had. And if we're talking about him for that role, that could be very good. So B- minus for both these guys, for the two Swedish men. Yeah, I was going to give him a C plus slash B-. Minus. I was really kind of on the on the border there, I think. Again, showed flashes of something that could be really good, but needs more time. Um, unfortunately, he's 25, uh, which I know is not you know the oldest player in the world, but... I need to see something this season that makes me think he can be a full-time NHL player. Um, especially because, like I said, there's just there's just so many of them on this team. Um, I think he's going to be lights out for Cleveland. I think that's probably the best place to have him. Um, and then, like I said, if, if they need to, call him up, send him down the I-71, and uh, we'll see how it goes. He's, he is the, like you said, he is the perfect candidate for, to be a black ace in the playoffs. You know, Cleveland season finishes. They call up a bunch of guys. Bjork's going to be in there, and I suspect he'll be near the top of the list for guys that will get a, a, a call if if needs be. You know, um, so yeah, C plus, right on the right on the cusp of of B minus. Um, I like both these guys' seasons. I just needed to see more more from them. Um, I'm going to be real sad when they trade out of Boquist. I think uh, I was really excited when they traded for him. And now I'm looking, I'm like, well, what if we get a, a nice shiny first round pick in return for him and just keep the, just keep that first round pick trade just, just rolling on. But yeah, B, B, B minus solid, solid showings from both guys. I think I watched about 30 game or not. I watched about 30 shifts of his last night uh, across 12 games this past season. I was really committed to doing it, giving him a good solid season review. And once again, seen a lot of Andrew Peak goals just where where are you buddy so 
I don't want to make him the scapegoat by no means. I also don't want to bring him into his season review to Adam Boquist season review. But to be honest, all these guys, it just comes with rooting for a young team. They all need areas in their game that they need cleaned up. I just think Adam Boquist is a lot, lot closer to being a, a ready, like a top four defenseman in this league than some of the other guys that the Blue Jackets have. Some of the other guys that the Blue Jackets have, frankly, waited a long time on. Like I feel like Adam Boquist is further along. He needs to clean some things up. We both agree on that, but we like that guy a lot. I think, right? Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. So big, big fans of, of Adam Boquist. Huge fans of Adam Boquist. That's uh, his season review, Marcus Bjork. We love we love you as well, Marcus. Don't don't get that wrong. Uh, that's all we have for you today. Tomorrow we're tackling Erica Branson's season review. That should be a fun one. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you for making this your first listen every day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms, YouTube, and the SiriusXM app. You know me. And Jay, we're going to be here every single day talking about the Blue Jackets. You can find me on Twitter talking about the Blue Jackets from time to time at HaydenH971. You can find Jay on Twitter talking about the Blue Jackets at underscore J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can also find the show on Twitter at LO or at LO underscore Blue Jackets. You can also email the show LockdownBlueJackets at gmail.com. Thank you so much once again for listening. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.